All right, everybody, welcome to T's and TD's. This is a post big football game against the Rams with the Rams and the Bengals uh, that has just wrapped up in Los Angeles, where the Rams are 23 to 20 victors over the Cincinnati Bengals. Cooper Cup is your Super Bowl MVP. Matthew Stafford is now a Super Bowl winner after years of heartache at the helm of the Detroit Lions. Sean McVay is 36 years old and a Super Bowl winner. Just a lot to digest here. We're not going to go long, but we got to hop on and talk about it. Jim Madalinski, Aaron Martin. Guys, how are we? Jim, you kick it off. How are you feeling? We're feeling pretty good. I can tell you that. Um, not the most started fast, ended great. Middle was kind of a blah, if you ask me, as far as a game goes. Um, but man, it just took a while for the Rams to get there, but they figured it out. And I think the better team won. I don't know if there's much of an argument over that uh, based on what we saw both on the field and uh, throughout the season. But just just fun, a fun, a fun night for sure. Aaron Martin, live in living color from Florida. <laughs> where it's warm. <laughs> it's nice. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here wearing a sweatshirt because that's what cool Florida people do. Chutzpah. Absolute chutzpah. Um, your impressions of that game. Yeah. I mean, I think Jim nailed it. That was a, it was a fun game. Uh, wasn't a great start to finish game. I've certainly seen a, a lot better football and uh, we saw a lot better football during the playoffs, but you know, I, I think it was a, a really a tale of two different halves because you watch the first half and you're saying, okay, the Rams seemed like they got a hold of this game. And it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of the, the, the end of the half, almost how I felt at the end of the, or I should say at the end of the first half of the Chiefs and Bengals game, because you're going, wow, you know, I feel like they that there should be a bigger margin here. I feel like the Rams really outplayed the Bengals in the first half. They should be up by more than three, similar to how we felt that the Chiefs should have been up by more than 11. And then, you know, right out of the gate, if after halftime, you see that incredible uh, Bengals uh, basically minute where they go that they get that long touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. And then right after that, they get the Stafford interception and the McPherson field goal is 10 points, I think, in like 55 seconds, something like that. And that was just like, OK, you know, the Rams are self-destructing. We've seen this happen. The Bengals are taking advantage of it. And then after that, the entire game flipped again and the Rams defense just completely stuffed them. I mean, I was actually looking up some some stats on that that was pretty incredible. But after that last score by the Bengals with, I think, 14 minutes left in the third quarter, their drives were three and out, three and out, five plays, punt, seven plays, punt, five plays, turnover on downs, end of the game. They got 50 yards on five possessions after getting that last field goal by McPherson at the beginning of the third quarter. So the Rams defense just absolutely dominated that the second half of the game, the defensive line finally did what we all thought they would do. I mean, I think they had six sacks in the second half alone. Uh, Burrow had no time to do anything. Aaron Donald just played like the best player on the planet. Uh, you know, I think there's certainly an argument to be made. He could have won the MVP uh, coming up clutch uh, like he did. So yeah, just a, a fun game and, and just a, a tough game to predict based on the ups and downs of it. But yeah, I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, this should have sort of been what we expected. I think I think we we it was going to come in waves uh, it was was the vibe that I got before. And, you know, ultimately, and I, I listened on on the drive back from where I watched the game. 
just kind of what we talked about that we 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 figured that the defensive line of the Rams versus the offensive line of the Bengals was going to be the thing to watch and it was it was very apparent that that was the disparity that made the difference in the second half even though it didn't necessarily manifest manifest itself uh in the way that we thought it might the first uh, half you know I was I w- I think I was thinking it was going to be Rams blowout or a close game. And uh, boy, did it look like a Rams blowout uh, was was in the cards when we first started watching this game. And then uh, certainly the Bengals kind of clawed their way back, uh, pun partially intended. And uh, we certainly saw, um, you know, them make a game of it. But but ultimately, I, I think when we when we look at the the personnel element of this, just the Rams had better players and defensively were able to do what they needed to do uh, in the second half to sort of, to sort of shut the Bengals down. So, uh, you know, great game. I mean, I, 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 you know, we, we had a, we had some punting back and forth uh, for a hot minute there and it was a little bit of a lull, but uh, you know, and credit to the Bengals defense, I think for, for doing what they needed to do to keep this pretty close, but uh, Stafford eventually kind of gets it done, which is something we probably need to talk about uh, as well. Jim. Right. Did anybody, so I, I should have looked this up before we go on, but I didn't out of their seven sacks. Do we know how many were in the second half? Did anybody look that up? Six. It was six so out of seven. Say, I think it was half. six. I was going to say all but one. Cause I know that Miller's and Donald's were both mm-hmm. in the second half. And I, you know, play the tape from the previous podcast here, but I, I will genuinely believe that if that last tackle by Donald goes in the books as a sack <laughs> instead of a throwaway quotes, or maybe even a fumble, sack fumble that Aaron Donald might be your MVP, which would have been a nice little check mark for me, but whatever. I'm not bitter or anything, but <laughs> it was, I don't know. I, I will say this. Here is my, my takeaway from the game. And maybe it's just the last two games wrapped into one now is that the talent on the Rams roster has bailed out Sean McVay two weeks in a row now because it took him until five minutes to go in the game to adjust on offense after Odell Beckham got hurt. They kept trying. They were so stubborn with running the ball. It was almost like to, to pull a Steelerism or Mike Tomlinism. He was, he was once again, just living in his fears and determined to run the ball and not make the big mistake. And then finally he just said, all right, Stafford go win the game. And he did. They forced it to cup. They made the plays and, and Stafford, Cup, Donald, Miller, those guys won the game. Now, on the flip side of that, I do wonder, as a coach, if this makes Sean McVay that much more dangerous down the road. Because now it's something where he doesn't have that pressure anymore. He's been there, done that. He's always got the ability, clearly, to get his team in position. And now you wonder if this is going to be the thing that might unlock him to be an Andy Reid level or you know that, that type of level coach moving forward. Los Angeles Rams, 23 rushes for 43 yards. So they, they certainly uh, pounded, pounded the ball on the ground, but just weren't doing anything with it. And we'll look forward to listening to people uh, smarter than I, including Mac, uh, Mac Madalinski, who, uh, (laughs) who will be able to sort of uh, illustrate what exactly, what exactly changed uh, with, with how the Rams were able to get it done in the second half. Aaron Martin, when the Los Angeles Rams, started their fourth quarter drive with Matthew Stafford uh, holding on to the ball at their own 21 yard line with six minutes and 13 seconds left down three. What's going through your mind as a fan? 
I'm thinking that this is the drive that's going to define not only Matthew Stafford's legacy, but Sean McVay's legacy. Because if they don't find a way to score there, you're talking about Sean McVay and two Super Bowls scoring a combined 19 points uh, for the supposed offensive genius. So that's the whole time I'm thinking they got to find a way to score because if they don't, this is legacy defining for two guys. Having said that, uh, I thought that McVay finally adjusted and basically said, we got to force the ball to Cooper cup. But you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Chris Collinsworth fan in the world, but even when Chris Collinsworth's on the broadcast saying, Hey, maybe just force it to your best player. It's probably time to force it to your best player. And they finally did. And there were some other guys that made plays, but that was a huge play that that reverse they ran on fourth down from their own 35 yard line was a big play. It was just, it it felt like they finally said, all right, if we're going to lose this game, we're going to lose it by Stafford's arm and we're going to lose it by trying to force it to Cooper cup. And sure enough, you know, the two best players on that side of the ball, came through and played really, really well. That last sequence toward the end and the goal line was really bizarre. I think we had three total flags before that. And then we had six, and then we had another three flags in three plays. So I'm not a big fan of referees kind of putting their finger on the scale. And it sort of felt like that, at least on that, that holding call that we had on third down on third and goal, right at the, the first flag there, the other two, I thought were a little more legitimate, but you know, I'm just watching this going. I can't believe this is happening. And then obviously getting that fade to Cooper Cup at the end was big. But yeah, I think this was legacy defining for Stafford. I think this is legacy defining for McVay. And I thought what Jim said was a really, really good point that, you know, Andy Reid was always said he couldn't win the big game. And then he gets over the hump, wins that Super Bowl with the Chiefs a few years ago. And now that that goat is just completely gone. Like nobody's, or I should say the monkey, nobody's talking about that anymore. It's just Andy Reid big time coach. And I could see Sean McVay certainly having a similar, uh, a, a similar impact that we saw with Andy Reid. I was, uh, you know, and, and we're not, we're not going to speculate, but there's been some reporting that Sean McVay might also be thinking about hanging it up as he gets married and, and possibly goes into broadcasting and, and becomes, uh, somebody who's highly sought after when he it's five, 10 years down the road and, and, and we see what he does. So I think him winning this Super Bowl, it's going to be interesting to see what he eventually decides to, to think and feel about, about doing. We'll certainly see that. And then I'm seeing a Schefter tweet already that Aaron Donald's kind of talking about being reflective and, and Andrew Whitworth is 40 years old. He <laughs> deserves to retire, uh, <laughs> at, you know, for coming back after that one. So uh, as, as we start to, to have fun talking about the off season, it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, to see how things shake out with the Rams. But I absolutely, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a team that goes all in, in the way that they have, uh, they don't have a first round pick this year or next year in the draft. They uh, spent a lot of resources to get Jalen Ramsey. They spent, not a lot of resources, but, you know, took, took a risk in bringing Odell Beckham uh, into the locker room when he has a, a, a reputation for drawing a lot of attention. And Odell Beckham was incredible for this team uh, to get them to this point. He gets the touchdown before he gets hurt and gets out of the game. You could see just with the emotion on his face, you know, how, how tough that probably was for him to be standing on the sidelines. So there's just a lot to think about with this Rams team. But when you think about a team that, that went all in and, did what they needed to do to win games, their last three playoff wins all by three points. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, credit to them for, for doing what they needed to do to win and, and being just good enough to, to get it done. We won't, we won't look back at this team and think this was one of the best Super Bowl teams ever by, by a wide margin, but, uh, certainly the, the talent that they have 
was they're, they're worthy. They're worthy champions is, is sort of the way I, I, I think about it. Aaron, you, yeah, just, you, oh yeah, Aaron, go, Aaron, you go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Just quickly on that point, you know, I, I think that you look back at it and say, is this the way to build a team? And, and I, I selfishly, I hope it is because it'll make the NFL a little more fun if more teams are willing to go all in like this, but think about the impact Von Miller had. He had that big trade deadline acquisition, Miller, second yeah. and third round picks. And everybody's saying, wow, that's a lot to give up for a guy that's a half season rental who his best days are likely behind him. He has two sacks, two huge sacks that was sack in the fourth quarter that pinned the Bengals all the way back at their three yard line for a third and 25 or whatever it was, was enormous. And then on top of that, he had a, a giant sack, I believe, in the Niners game, too, in the NFC championship. So, I mean, that's why you give up that kind of compensation. And, you know, what? I, I love that team a team that went all in is rewarded like this because that's as a fan what you want to see when the super bowl is in striking distance or the trophy is in striking distance you want to see your team do everything they can to win screw you know screw the next few years who cares if you win as long as you win nobody cares what happens the next two three years so i love that they did it i hope more teams look at that formula and say we're this close who cares about a second round pick in the 50s or the 60s let's find a way to win and it was awesome i loved it I have a lot of I have a lot of Eagles fans in my life that, uh, despite the frustrations of the last few years, they, boy, do they love talking about the Super Bowl where they beat Tom Brady, and I'm always happy for them when they when they do talk about that. So flags flags fly forever, as they say in in baseball. Uh, so those those championship pennants and everything stay up for for a while. Jim, the idea of an Aaron Dalton retirement hadn't even crossed my mind until somebody mentioned it, and then I look and see he's 30 which just makes me feel old because I, it doesn't feel like he's been in the league for as long as he has. And then you just start going through eight time pro bowl, seven time, all pro three time AP defensive player of the year. Why keep playing? Like I, I get it. Like he got his ring now and he's made his money. I have no issue if he decides that now's the time to step away. It's just crazy to picture he'll walk into the hall of fame in five years if he wants to step away and he's done enough already and just, eight or nine seasons. It's, it's just staggering to look at what he's accomplished uh, as a guy that was considered undersized coming out of college. It's just incredible. I do want to say and back to the game. That was just me diverting to pro football reference here. As I looked up his stat page, uh, I don't want to necessarily give the Bengals a pass because that last drive, what was that? They got the midfield in two plays and then they have a second, it was second or third and one. I don't remember if that was the first time pass to Boyd or not just to not for that type of team to not have the play calling to get into at least another first down to give McPherson a shot. And that's going to be on Zach Taylor. And that's going to be a moment he's got to handle now. Typically typical to what we saw with McVeigh so many years ago, where uh, he just didn't, didn't get it together in the moment. And a lot of that maybe is a factor of their offensive line, but, I mean, that offense has performed all year with worse performances from that offensive line, and they didn't just have anything dialed up to get in the field range to, to try and tie that game. And after that first play to chase to start that drive, I didn't think there was a doubt in my mind that they were at least going to be able to attempt a field goal, if not score a touchdown. The P. Ryan run doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I, I – it, I was going to let you, I was trying brutal. to pivot you to the, to the, to the P Ryan over Mixon play call. Like where was Joe Mixon? He was their best player. And it was third and one. Game. Why third and one from midfield with 30 seconds left. Why are you taking the ball out of Joe Burrow's hand? Right. 
that, it doesn't make any the sense. Other part of that. Mixon had a decent game. I mean, uh, what am I seeing? 15 for 72 and his longest run was 14 yards. So he clearly uh, was averaging every bit of five yards a carry uh, through the game. Uh, the rest of the Cincinnati rushing attack, five rushes for seven yards. Pirine, uh, two rushes for no yards. So I, I say that, I mean, Donald, <laughs> for Donald to make that tackle too, that's another one I, I'm probably going to go back and watch about five times because he clearly barely got P Ryan's waist with both of his hands and he yanked him back and made sure he didn't get that first down despite the fact that he was being blocked pretty, pretty heavily. So I, and I he grabbed that, the, and he grabbed the ball. So P Ryan couldn't reach it out. Right. I mean, it was just a heady, heady. I mean, it's the type of play you make when you're the best in football because you're not only wrapping him up, you're not only holding him from the progress, but you know, if he can't reach out that arm, then it's going to be fourth down. It was just an incredible play. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, Nothing again, let's be very clear here. I I'm, I'm not an NFL football coach. I'm not the biggest NFL brain in the entire world. Nothing that Zach Taylor did sort of screamed out to me throughout the course of the game, just in terms of managing it. It feels like he kind of pushed, pushed all the right buttons to, to keep them in there. And, and Burrow uh, had a relatively decent game. Uh, 101 passer rating. He, he, the, his QBR is close to 40, 22 for 33 for 263 in the touchdown. Uh, we can debate the merits of, of the touchdown, but that's, that's right. for another day. So that's the thing though. Like that's a 75 yard touchdown that it completely inflates his numbers on a play that shouldn't have been allowed to stand. Yeah. So I mean, that was as blatant as an offensive pass interference as you could have. So yeah. and a face I think, mask. Yeah. I think Burrow was fine. Like he didn't do anything. Obviously he made no big mistakes while he had a guy in his face the whole game, but it's hard for me to give them a ton of credit offensively when in reality they should have only scored 13 points. Yeah. And like Aaron, Aaron rattled off the last drives in the entire second half. They made no adjustments. They yeah. didn't do anything to win the game. Yeah. Well, we, and we said it the entire time that we've been saying this through the playoffs, you know, there've been several times we're going, what is Zach Taylor doing? Mm. I mean, what is that play call? And they got away with it. I mean, over and over again, they got away with making some, some strange decisions and it finally caught up with them. I mean, you don't make adjustments when you're getting killed by the front four. You were in, you know, the Rams adjusted seemingly at halftime and the Bengals just never did. And then you're running it at midfield on third down with 30 seconds left and one timeout. It just was a, it was a very strange game. And I think this is why you look at coaching, not necessarily as I feel like coaching is overrated a lot of times in terms of how the impact those guys could have on a game. But I do think in these scenarios where it's okay, we need something important drawn up. We need to make an adjustment here because they're doing this now. I think that's when you really see the great coaches where they tend to set themselves apart from everyone else. Well, and certainly I think we sort too. of saw that. And this is a game too, where coaches were calling plays. Yeah. That's I mean, true. that's, that's the difference in this case. I mean, mm -hmm. if this was the Steelers, we're not yelling about Mike Tomlin right now. We're yelling about Matt Canada, or mm -hmm. if this is a team where there's somebody else in charge of play calling, it's a different discussion, but these, both of these coaches were calling plays and that just, I think puts them in a different level of scrutiny. And it just felt like the Bengals in that whole second half were holding on for dear life. It felt like they were saying, all right, our defense is playing well. Mm -hmm. Offense, just don't screw it up. And I don't know, when you got a guy like Burrow, who even had somebody in his face the whole time, as you said, that offensive line was was played awful in the second half. But you just kind of felt like you got to give him a chance to win the game. And it felt like they got very, very conservative, especially once that that offensive line started falling apart. Yep. Did they take another shot downfield after the T. Higgins touchdown? Uh, I, don't, I, I mean, I'll I have to look remember at the, one. 
Yeah, I, they, I think they had Burrow in the last drive had that long pass, but it was a miscommunication and there wasn't yeah, a guy oh, that was a throwaway. Chase, that was yeah. a throwaway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was. That's what I mean. Actually, Other than I that, think, I don't, I don't think yeah. either team took a shot in the second half, to be honest. I can't think of a Stafford yeah. throw that was more deep ball to Jefferson, maybe, that went off his hands on a third and seven. Yeah, a couple, the, the de- a couple medium ones, I think, over medium, the middle, yeah, too. But, but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. That, that was the Bengals' defense, though. I don't know enough about the Rams' scheme to know if they were just taking that away, but you got a guy like T Higgins and Jamar Chase. They hit on two of them and one with Chase in the first and one with Higgins to start the second half. You figure you take another shot or two at some point during mm-hmm. the game. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the betting uh, element of this. The, the line gets up to four and a half uh, before the game, which uh, obvious or maybe not so obvious would, would indicate that a lot of people were, were heavy on the Rams just before this game kicks off. So it goes up another half point. The Bengals, uh, credit to them, cover the cover the four. Uh, Aaron, I know you were you were thinking about taking the Rams even higher than the four to give yourself some better odds. That obviously didn't work out. Uh, just any any thoughts on on that? And I, I made a relatively uh, for me chunky bet uh, on that minus four as well. So uh, I'm probably right there with you. But uh, how, how'd you feel just uh, knowing that 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 looked relatively cooked uh, pretty early on in the second half? Well, I can tell you, I ended up deciding to just take the four. Uh, after looking at the line more and Johnny Hecker, the best punter in football is dead to me for dropping that snap on the extra <laughs> point, which it at least would have got a push. Uh, just what is he doing? I mean, ugh. but anyways, this is, this is why we always say, be careful to listen to our gambling advice. I mean, I, I went off for 10 minutes last week about why you should only bet on quarterbacks when it comes to Super Bowl MVP. So clearly I know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> but I mean, we had a few props. Uh, I, we hit the, McPherson. Let's get to the over... good news. Let's get to the yeah, good news. Right. We did, yeah, we did give some good <laughs> advice. Uh, we, yeah, but McPherson had over two field goal attempts, so that hit. Uh, or I should say over one and a half field goal attempts with two, so that hit. Uh, OBJ had the first touchdown scored. I think that was going off when we threw it out there at eight or nine to one, something like that. So that was a, a nice little payoff there. Uh, the rushing attempts that I was all over, uh, the the four and a half attempts for each team Bengals only had four players rush a ball rush the ball the Rams had five so I mean that would be a wash if you bet both of those so it all in all lost money because it's us but other than that not too bad yeah I uh I liked uh T Higgins for any time touchdown scorer and uh that that worked out um times two, but you only get credit for one. Unfortunately, uh, Tyler Boyd over 39 and a half was another one I gave out. He, uh, Uzoma did play, but, uh, only got two targets. Um, Boyd got 48 receiving yards. And then I was pretty hot on the first half over 24 and a half. Um, just didn't, didn't hit. That's, uh, I, it, it was, it got, it was 23 and, uh, the, the, was it the Rams had a chance to kick a field goal at the end there and, and went for it on, on fourth down and did not get it. So, uh, I believe, uh, I think that's what happened. Um, so what happened at the end of the first they threw a pick, they, they threw, threw the pick. pick Stafford threw the yeah. pick. That's exactly right. My bad. So, uh, that one I was pretty convinced of, but, uh, plus odds will always trick me. However, uh, the fact that Scotty Scheffler won the waste management was positive vibes, uh, across the day. So we're, we're feeling relatively well, Jim, anything that you would like to, or not like to say about, uh, your, your gambling day. I'm proud of the fact that gamble that I threw out just in passing some of those defensive bets last week. And one of them was, um, 
sack plus 100 to happen first before a touchdown. And that one paid off. And I put more on that than I typically put on random props, but I was pretty high on that one. So I was, I was happy with that. Um, I too am very done with the, the Rams kicking unit because I had a uh, Rams to score 14 points or more in the first half bet that would have netted a very pretty penny for a parlay that everything else hit. So I'm a little bitter about that one. Um, but yeah, all in all, um, it was a positive day. We'll say that. I did some uh, <laughs> I did some uh I did some emotional hedging and I brought this up when we talked last week, but given how close some of these Rams and Bengals games had been, I I I wasn't gonna let myself get a thousand percent burned by by Burrow. So I, I did the Bengals cover parlayed with the Rams win, and uh that one worked out pretty well. Although I did put a little bit on an exact score. 24 to 20. Oh, so the missed extra point cost me oh. some money as well. Oh. And if God, this is hurts now that I talk about it. Uh, OBJ, I did a parlay of OBJ to get the first touchdown and T Higgins to get the second touchdown. OBJ gets the first Higgins. I don't want to say he had the ball. He, he, it was pretty contested and he got it knocked out, but if he would have gotten that uh, catch, that would have been sweet. But fortunately, the parlay of the the Bengals cover with the Rams money line, which was a a six to one, uh, helped me out a little bit. So between that and Scotty Scheffler and a couple top twenties in the golf tournament, this was this was a positive week. So <laughs> spirits are high. The Buffalo Bills are favorites to win the Super Bowl, along with the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs at seven to one thus far. So as much as this year is in the books, we are excited to look forward to the next year. Wow, they really are. Which is uh, truly, really, really tremendous and exciting. I mean, you just got to be hyped about it. So uh, as we wrap up our chatter and T's and TD season about this particular NFL season, and we'll get into off-season stuff here, uh, Aaron, just any final thoughts as we as we close all this out? Yeah, how the heck are the Denver Broncos uh, the ninth most favorite team to win the the Super Bowl? This are we doing year? this dive? Are we doing this dive right now? I just I pulled it say. up twenty two to one. The, the, you know why? The 20... <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. I mean the, oh, I mean that's I know Christian. why, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. They're I mean, assuming uh, the Broncos get Rodgers because I was just looking at it when the Steelers get Rodgers. They're seventy to one to win the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers have some of the worst odds in football. There's only seventh six teams. worst. Seventh yeah. worst. Yeah. Uh. Long Anyways. time since we've seen that. There's value. There's <laughs> there's there's value there for sure. Rant Buccaneers yeah, uh, at 18 yeah. to one is interesting. Whatever. We can do that dive later on. Uh <laughs> for sure. But yes, Aaron, yeah. uh, Aaron, any any wrapping up thoughts? Yeah, just look. I mean, obviously, this is a it was a fun game. Uh it was like I said, far from a perfect game, but definitely was was a good ending, uh, which is all you can ask for. Uh Aaron Donald, the best player in football, arguably the best defensive player of all time, at least in the top three or four conversations certainly deserve this. And uh, the fact that he made the game winning play, I, I think is a hell of a cap to a, a hall of fame career, whether he retires or not. I, I think it was just the play that we're always going to remember in his career. And as a, as a Pittsburgh guy, a pit guy, uh, I, as Jim mentioned, an undersized guy who everybody kept finding flaws in his game, or at least flaws in his size. He's just shown over and over again, 
what a superstar and incredible player he is. And that was so much fun. Uh, we were texting about this too. They had that right at the beginning of the, the second half, they had that little shoving match where a couple of the Bengals O linemen take a, a cheap shot at him after he pushed Burrow out of balance on that scramble. And we all, I think we all looked at it and texted and said, don't piss off Aaron Donald. That seems like a bad idea. And right after that, he goes and just absolutely destroys whoever he's in front of the entire second half. Uh, and it was, it could have happened to, it couldn't happen to a guy who deserves it more. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I'm going to take away from the Super Bowl. Jim, I won't wax on anymore about Aaron Donald because I think everybody that's listened to this knows what I think about that. Um, the Bengals, the future is bright. I imagine they have some cap space with a quarterback on a rookie contract to put in the offensive line or draft. Um, they're, they're a scary team down the road. I'll just say this. If Aaron Donald does retire, your 2027 Hall of Fame draft class mm could potentially be the greatest of all time between Brady, Ben, Aaron Donald, Gronk. They all can't get in. I, it's going to be that. I've been thinking about that a lot recently since Brady retired about what that class is going to look like. Um, but wow. I'm, I'm happy for the Rams. Like Aaron mentioned earlier, I'm just glad to see them get rewarded for going all out and, and putting it all out there. I hope more teams follow that suit and follow that, that method. It won't always work, but I think it just adds another layer of excitement to the game when a team says, ah, we don't need draft picks. We'll build it with the money we have. And they, they found a way to make it work. And they also made the most out of their draft picks. I think that's underrated with the Rams. They have a lot of Cooper cups, a third round pick, you know, they've got these guys they've hit on their draft picks. And I think that's important to, to pay attention to when you talk about the Rams is that they they've made well with picks that they've kept. And that's half the reason or probably most of the reason why they ended up getting where they got. So that's my two cents. Be aggressive. Don't live in your fears. I, uh, to, to touch on what you said, Jim, uh, Aaron is just, uh, you know, credit to the credit to the Rams for getting this done. Credit to them for going all in. Credit to them for winning this thing. There's, there's, there's. You know, you, you like to see a team uh, go all in and have it pay off, and and doing so through through being aggressive, trading and and getting guys, and you know, whoever you know, Sean McVay just thinking Matthew Stafford's the guy we need to bring in here to get this done. Just awesome team building, and and really amazing, and and made it work with the cap and really credit to them. And as we think about the Bengals to Jim's point, you know, I, I was joking a week or two ago about not being excited for a Ram uh, Niners Bengals Super Bowl, but boy, if those two teams are in it next year, uh, that'll be fun. That was one thing that I thought. And then just the AFC, the next 10 years is going to be an absolute nightmare for for teams that don't have a quarterback to get them there uh josh allen patrick mahomes joe burrow uh justin herbert those those four alone are going to be just juggernaut i mean we could see those guys in in final fours of the afc for for a long time to come so just teams better teams better figure out where their next quarterback is if they don't have one and uh and figure out what they got to do to to get the defensive personnel to to stop those guys because it's going to be going to be fun once the Bengals get some o-line protection for burrow which has been the bugaboo for that team for the last two years and just seeing how these teams that, that feel like they keep getting smarter in terms of team building continue to do so to 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 
navigate the NFL going forward, especially with the salary cap going up and figuring out where you need to allocate your money uh, when there's going to be more of it, uh, as opposed to when there's less of it, when you especially have to make some tough decisions. So either way, I'm just saying just in terms of, of team building, it's going to be awesome to see kind of how the AFC takes shape over the next uh, five or 10 years. So that puts a lid on the game chatter for this NFL season. Thank you so much for listening in. Going forward, we're going to start kind of mixing in a little bit of football, a little bit of golf, rotating some guests for each just to do the uh, original intent of the podcast, which was about 15 or so minutes on each rolled into one podcast, uh, assuming I have the time to do that, which I will certainly continue to make and work on making the time to do that. Hopefully we'll have a jingle soon. Got to check in with my buddy, John, about that one, uh, commissioned him on that one, offered him absolutely nothing, but just really asked if he could do it. So I'll bug him about that as well. Anyways, T's and TD's that wraps it up for the season. Aaron Martin, Jim Madalinski. Thank you guys for making time to do this and bringing our, our group chat to real life here. And, uh, we'll see you midweek for the Genesis preview should be a great field and, uh, we'll be, we'll be ready and prepped to talk about it. Thank you.